welcome to Ask the Professionals podcast series presented by Skylight Financial Group. I'm Maggie Yoder, Director of Marketing. Skylight Financial Group is proud to bring our leadership and experience to light through this amazing podcast created just for you. Our goal is to make the lives of those who seek to gain a greater understanding of their financial landscape better. Today, we're going to be chatting with some of our C-suite women. I am so excited to have on the show, Jen Hill, our Chief Agency Supervisory Officer, Kathy Barnes, our Chief Financial Officer, and Trisha Rutherford, our Chief Operating Officer. Each of these women has a story to tell about how they got where they are today. From humble beginnings, working as receptionists and assistants, to the top of the organization, heading departments as Chief Officers, these ladies know what it takes to get to the next level. First, we're going to chat with Paul Fox, one of our CEOs, as he offers his insight on these executives, as well as his thoughts about hiring internally and the importance of work ethic and attitude. After that, I'm going to dive in one-on-one with each of these women to discuss their stories in further depth. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and we'll get started. Hello, my name is Paul Fox, managing partner of Skylight Financial Group. Originally, I'm from Ireland, and I emigrated to the United States in 1994 and decided that I wanted to get into the financial services industry. Shortly thereafter, I joined with Skylight Financial Group, probably around 2000, as a manager, but had a desire that I wanted to own and run a company. So I had the opportunity in 2006 to do that. So from that point forward, I took on the the role of ownership and managing partner of Skylight Financial Group. When hiring people, I believe that the people make the firm. Yes, you have to build systems and processes, and uh, ultimately you create a culture, but it always falls down to the people because people create the execution. I look at three areas. I look at attitude, behavior, and technique. Technique obviously is moldable over time, but attitude and behavior, particularly attitude, is very hard to come by. So when uh, we look at the growth of the firm, the first step is do we have the right people? I look at that every year, and I look at the how we're doing in different areas within the business, and the first my qu- first question is, what sort of people do we have in those areas? And if we have the right people, then we should be growing at a faster rate. So then I can look at, well, what is the challenge? The They have the right attitude, but their behavior doesn't match up? Or is it, no, they have the right behavior, but they need to develop further? So it's very easy, I call it just three filters to to run through. Obviously, if I have someone that has the wrong attitude, behavior and uh, technique, skill development doesn't really matter. It's hard to know when you meet people. So you have to develop a lot of questions to understand where people come from attitudinally. Once you know that, you want to test that attitude out. So a lot of times people, when they come into our firm, start off uh, doing very simple roles, then I can see attitudinally how they are, and attitude maybe is broken down into so many areas from desire, commitment, responsibility, outlook, working through all their own challenges, uh, whether that they're self-limited beliefs, whether that be uh, their emotional involvement, need for approval, one of the probably the most common ones that I see with people. We spend a lot of time working on attitude, more from not can someone develop the right attitude, but do they understand the strength of the attitude that they brings, bring into the firm? The more awareness that we create, then it allows them to work on their behaviors. And then from there, the skill sets that are needed for any particular role. Skill sets, having said that, skill sets are always changing because the roles are always changing. 
And the uh, more that they learn and experience tied back to the more they become aware of who they are and their attitude and then the behaviors that come with it, then the faster they can grow within the firm. So when I look at there's some that can develop into managerial roles, some into leadership roles, depending again on how they particularly think. But I can't make them into one or the other, nor can I make any of them successful. It comes from within. So within the firm today, when I look at the leadership and upper management of the firm, all but one leadership roles are held by women. Now, why that is, I don't know. I know that women can listen effectively, and if you can listen more effectively, then you can see and hear, and then it's easier to understand. If you can understand, then you can you can see what's all around you, and you know how to navigate through. Beyond that, when I look at Trisha, I look at Kathy, or I look at Jennifer, common traits are they have, a de- again, when you look at attitudes, they have very similar traits around desire and their commitment. Desire meaning that they want, they know what they want and why they want it, but that's great. Having said that, most people then don't have the commitment to actually execute upon that. They do. And uh, they take responsibility. They look, always look at it and say, okay, well, let me figure out. All of them, uh, from the very start, came in into the firm in a position where they were doing simple tasks, uh, whether that be working the front desk, supporting one individual, and then from there they progressed because they wanted to. I could see it so early on, they they wanted to, um, they would always ask for more. What else can I do? And they would take every opportunity and they would go figure it out and come back with questions and then go execute. And they all have that. Everyone in the firm that is in the leader position all came in to the firm a number of years ago. There isn't one person in the firm who took on a leadership position that hadn't been in the firm. And the reason for that is you get to know everyone in the firm get to know what their strengths and weaknesses are. You know what it can look like before it actually happens. They know the culture of the firm. They know how to communicate. A lot of the skill sets and development around things like communication, uh, understanding, logistics, how to get more effective at listening, how to handle certain situations, they've adopted those in different roles. So then they take on a leadership role and make sense to everyone around them. So everyone supports them in that leadership role. By doing it internally, it's just a continuation of culture. My name is Jennifer Hill, and I'm the Chief Agency Supervisory Officer at Skylight Financial Group. My primary role is to help Mike Canole and Paul Fox supervise the firm from a compliance standpoint. Basically, on a day-to-day basis, I help the staff and the producers and the op center employees comply with any firm rules, any broker-dealer, FINRA, SEC in the state. And I oversee the compliance department, and we have a staff of three other agency supervisory officers We have a full-time admin person and three other individuals that support us on a part-time basis. Awesome. Thanks for being with us today, Jen. So I want to know, how did you get your start at Skylight? Before I joined Skylight, I worked in compliance in a different industry for five years, and I was unemployed and looking for a role in compliance. I got a call from Skylight Financial Group from a sales manager who was trying to recruit me as a producer, and I... Didn't realize he was trying to recruit me as a producer until we met. 
when we started speaking, I did tell him, I said, look, I don't have the skill set to be a commission-based salesperson. I'm more of an operational admin. And if you have any openings, I would love to interview for that. So he called me back. I think a week later, there was an opening for the front receptionist. And even though they didn't have an opening in compliance, I wanted to get my foot in the door because I felt like once I got there, I would do whatever it took to get to compliance. And I didn't really have to wait that long. Um, So I worked as the receptionist, and then I also supported the recruiter and the training department. And then a few months later, they asked if I would work as an assistant for the firm's investment specialist. And if I did, I would need to get a Series 7 registration, which at the time I didn't know what that was. And I said, sure, you know, whatever you need me to do. So they gave me the materials. They encouraged me to take and pass that exam. And once I did, then I no longer worked up front. I still supported training and recruiting and that producer. And then within a year, there was an opening for an admin position in compliance. So then I asked if I could fill that role, and they graciously accepted. Did you like working the admin position in compliance? I loved it because it's different. Every day there's something new. There's always new rules. There's always new regulations. And it got me to be able to communicate to a large group of people and to help them because we all have different skills. And with a producer, a lot of them are more outgoing. They are out there in the public. They're more extroverted. I'm more introverted. I'm more detail-oriented, and I love paperwork, and usually producers don't. For me, they need somebody to help them with that because they need to concentrate on what they do the best so that I can do what I do best. And it's I think it's a good complement between the two types of people. So when you were in that admin role in compliance, when was the moment that you realized, wow, I think this job is going to turn into something bigger than what I initially started? It was shortly after Paul became the general agent um, because we had a different general agent when I first started. When Paul became general agent, I started meeting with him more on one-on-one, and we started talking about, we always talk about where you are right now, where do you want to be, where do you see yourself in five years, and what can you do to get there? So Paul was always very encouraging. I continued to take licenses and registrations. So once I passed the Series 53, That helped me kind of solidify myself in compliance because it was a mandatory exam that you had to have in order to be an agency supervisory officer. So when the opportunity presented itself for me to step into that role, Paul basically came to me and then said, this seems like a good transition for you. And it took a couple weeks of interviewing with home office. But after that, I took it full reign and then met with Paul very often and very closely. And he helped me put systems in place and get everything how we both felt it should be for that department. And how does it feel now looking back at where you started from where you are now? It's amazing. And it's very humbling. And I'm always very grateful for the opportunity that Paul gave me to be able to go from an assistant to the agency supervisory officer And then when our firm merged, become the chief agency officer. Every day I think back and I think it's it's incredible to me because I didn't go to college and everything that I did, I learned here at Skylight. Every exam that they wanted me to take, every test brought me closer to where I am now. And they're very difficult exams and not many people have them. So when you get them, you're in a very small elite group of people. And that that is a pretty nice feeling.
My name is Kathy Barnes. I'm the chief financial officer. I have been with the company for 18 years now. My main responsibility is handling all the financials that flow in and out of the agency, helping to keep us on budget, make recommendations to where is best to invest our money as far as the business is concerned, manage profit and loss. So do you remember your first day at Skylight? I do. I actually came in. It was my first quote-unquote real job out of college, and I came in as an assistant And I was nervous as can be coming into a big office full of financial planners and, you know, kind of being the new kid on the block. And I quickly realized I don't want to be an assistant and I don't (laughs) like doing any kind of administrative work, filing, et cetera. So it was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm guessing that played a part in this, but what brought you from that first role to where you are now? That's, That's obviously a huge step. That definitely played a part in me wanting to move up in the company because I didn't enjoy doing the administrative roles, filing. I liked having a bigger part in helping the day-to-day functions and helping the success of the company. Not that any role isn't important, but that wasn't what I wanted my role to be going forward. So it was a huge motivation. So I think I've been in almost every role in the agency at some point in time. From being an assistant, I did a lot of recruiting and meeting with recruits, doing interviews, first interviews, college career fairs. I did licensing and contracting. I helped with some you know, small parts of marketing. Then I moved into the business manager role, and that's kind of where my role evolved into what it is now. From the business manager role, then I realized, hey, I don't like doing the HR, the hiring, the firing managing staff in that way. And I did love doing the financials, handling the books. So from that point, I realized, okay, well, this is something that I seem to be doing better at than obviously the HR, which I didn't enjoy. So that is kind of how I've ended up where I am today, that I have two people on my team that help do the day-to-day functions of the books. We all work great together, and we have a great cohesive team. Now, looking back, obviously, I know you didn't enjoy your first position. So is this a position that you expected to be in at the very start of your career when you were that fresh out of college, new on the block? Absolutely not. I actually was a sports medicine major in college. So when I graduated, I was really burnt out because you have to do a ton of hours when you're a sports med major. So I just wanted to branch out, try something new, and... I never, if you had asked me my last day in college if I would be doing financials, I absolutely would have told you now. Obviously, I love what I do. I've been with the company for 18 years. It's been a wonderful company to work for, obviously, since I've been there so long. They've supported me through a ton in my life. One of the major reasons I've stayed with the company is, so 13 years ago, I had a special needs son and obviously that was a big change in my life, something that was not expected. The company has been amazing, supportive, flexible. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better company to be involved with when you're going through something like that. So it's definitely, you know, built my loyalty showing that, you know, you have a company that's not only invested in your work, but invested in your family.
My name is Trisha Rutherford. I am the Chief Operating Officer for Skylight Financial Group. I've been with the firm for 16 years. My main responsibility is to oversee all operations of the firm from the top down. So what was your first role at Skylight? I actually started at Skylight as the front desk receptionist, believe it or not. It was great. I was excited. It was something new. I had started in the industry on a PNC firm many, many years ago, and the opportunity arose, and I'm like, oh, it's a chance to talk to people. I can do that. So that's where I started. And do you remember when you got your first promotion? Absolutely. <laughs> so it was it was kind of a big deal. I had been there about a year and a half, and I had taken on some other roles within the firm. I did marketing. I did some recruiting. I did a lot of assistant work. And at that time, we found out because of the interruptions of the people coming in the front desk, it was too much. So my first official promotion, other than just compensation increase, was to get a private office. It was the first chance I got to move in and kind of felt like I was big time. And it was nice because I was one of the youngest ones on the firm as well. I was only 20 when I first started with the firm. Once I transitioned over, like I said, about a year and a half after starting with the firm, I've always been one to say, hey, how can I help? What can I do more of? And so I... I started doing a lot with our brokerage department, which gave me a chance to reach out into the community with other planners, you know, across the state and help from a service perspective, which also tied into talking with clients, which obviously I think is a natural fit just because of who I am. I did that for quite a few years. And then I also did some assistant work for some of our planners that we had in the firm at that time, which was another way that I could have an outlet of talking, you know, to the community and just getting a more in-depth understanding of what we did since I wasn't on the sales side of the firm. And then about three years into my journey, there was an opportunity that came in to be a business manager. They were looking for someone to help oversee the staff. So that was my first kind of jump into management. You know, and I was hesitant because I was younger and most of the staff that was there was the age of my parents. So I had that anxiety of, wait, are they going to listen to me? Are they going to take me serious? So at that point, I had to just jump in and put my big girl pants on and, you know, learn to get over my anxiety with it. So in 2017, our firm grew exponentially, and that allowed me to really put a focus on the HR side of the role that I had. So given the change, I was able to transition over to the chief operating officer. So looking back, comparing where you are now in your career to where you thought you'd be, what thoughts, what feelings come to mind? That's a really good question. So... uh, I, I thought about this, and we actually talked with this a couple weeks ago, my husband and I did, and it's it's hard to believe it's been 16 years because it's all gone so fast, and I'd have to say I'm excited and I'm proud of myself because of being so young and being able to grow you know, into a firm like, like we are statewide, but I'm also, I know I'm not done yet, you know, and I have that what's next type feel. So yes, I'm excited, I'm proud, it's been a lot of work, it's the chance to look back and say it was worth it. Thank you all so much for joining us. Now that I've talked to each of you, I wanted to bring you all together to have a more open discussion about your experiences. So between all of you, you have a combined total of 50 years of experience at Skylight. Why have you all been here for so long? I I know, Kathy, you kind of touched on this, but what is it that has made all of you stay with Skylight throughout the years? I'd say what makes me stay is the constant, ever-changing just industry that we're in, period. You know, it's a chance. You don't realize how many people's lives you impact. 
you know, not only are you working side by side with a great team of people, you also are impacting planners that are going out and talking to thousands and thousands of clients statewide. And we're still a piece of that puzzle. We're still a piece of that process. So even behind the scenes, it's that fulfillment of, you know, we are part of the bigger picture, even though we may not be client facing. The reason why I'm here is I truly enjoy what I do. I love compliance. Most people don't say that, but I actually enjoy learning about all the new rules and regulations and being of service and helping everyone else interpret those and to keep them accountable so that they have time to do meeting with the clients and doing what they do best. And I enjoy the leadership in the firm is definitely top and the other agency supervisory officers that work with me. I have a really great team overall and I do enjoy that. You know, kind of like, Trisha and Jennifer, you know, not many people can say that you love what you do and you love going to work, but I think that we all do, and we're lucky to have jobs that we love and we enjoy going to work, and we're a part of a great organization, and it's been fun to be with it from the infancy stages to now and just watching it grow and keep growing and be a part of helping it grow. So other than being executives at Skylight, you all have something in common, and that is that you're all women. So what advice would you give to women interested in climbing the ladder in their own companies? Don't be afraid to be a strong woman. Follow your dreams. Follow your goals. Know that your goals will change as you grow, and that's part of the exciting process. Meet your potential and exceed your potential. And I would say, be yourself, always be true to who you are, and don't be afraid to speak up. It can be intimidating when all of your direct supervisors are men, but I always felt that if I want something, I'm going to tell him why I want it and how I think I'm the best person for it and work together collaboratively. I never felt any different being a woman in the position. It was just my personality. I see something, I know that it's something I want to obtain, and I do whatever it takes to get to it. I'd have to say, if you want it, obviously chase after it. Don't be afraid. You have to start from the bottom and work your way up. There may be things that, hey, I'm better than this, or I shouldn't be doing this. But remember that it's all part of your story, and it gives you credibility as you excel. You can relate to the people that will be under you one day. I think that's been the most crucial piece I've been able to fall back on over the last 16 years is, you know, I understand where they're at. I've been there. Kind of let your obstacles become your motivators. Absolutely. I think that... Almost every position teaches you something about yourself as much as it teaches you about the business and industry that we're in. And it helps push you. So even if I was in a role that I didn't like, like I, you know, I talked about how I didn't like being an assistant, I tried to build the role into something that I did enjoy. So even though we all have aspects to our jobs that we don't like, you can also create just as many opportunities in the same role. When I was the investment specialist, I I didn't care for the, the assistant role aspect either, you know, working for one specific person, but I did learn a lot of information that was instrumental to my role with the investments in the financial services. And it also helped me deal with, you know, a producer, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, and then how to do that with everybody else. That helped me globally understand everyone, where they're coming from, so that I can, you know, have some sympathy and, and help them when they need it. Well, again, thank you all so much for coming here today and sharing your stories. You are all so empowering and inspiring, and I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me, and I know our listeners do too. 
Thank you for joining the Skylight Financial Group Ask the Professionals podcast series. If you're interested in learning more about careers at Skylight Financial Group or the services we offer, please go to skylightfinancialgroup.com. Skylight Financial Group, putting our clients at the center of everything we do. This podcast is a production of Front Porch Media. A special thank you to our producer, Bridget Coyne, and audio engineers, Eric Coltnow and Dave Douglas. To learn more about this and other podcasts, please visit thefrontporchpeople.com. Thanks for listening. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC, member SIPC, OSJ 2012 West 25th Street, Suite 900, Cleveland, Ohio, 44113, 216-621-5680.